Welcome to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Mauli Chikata, lead pastor at Grace Center. For more information about this message and our church, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244-010868. So we've started the book of Hebrews and today is our third day in the book of Hebrews. We did the introduction two weeks ago. Last week we did the verse 1 and 2. Today we will continue to the verse 3. Praise the Lord. So essentially today we are looking at two verses, verse 2 and 3. But we'll start reading from the verse 1. Amen. So turn your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 from the verse 1 through to the verse 3. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he made when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Verse 4, having become so much better than the angels, and he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we established in our introduction to the book of Hebrews that the book of Hebrews from chapter 1 to chapter 13 establishes the superiority of Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews brings us to that place where we understand who Christ is and how superior Christ is to all. And in this particular verses of scripture, he's trying to expose Christ to us in a certain way. In a way that makes us understand that when it comes to how God speaks to us, Jesus is superior to all. So in the verse 1, he tells us that God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So he's telling us that there are two ways God speaks. God in time past spoke through the prophets that we established in our previous sermon last week, that God spoke through the prophets. The second way God speaks is through Jesus Christ. So if God has a voice, he speaks through the prophets and he speaks through Jesus Christ. Who are the prophets? The prophets are the ones that we read in the Old Covenant. So the Old Covenant is described as the writings of Moses and the prophets. Praise the Lord. So the Old Testament presents to us the mind of God. The Old Testament presents to us the perspective of God, the impressions on the heart and on the mind of God for all humanity. And so when God spoke to these prophets, in Hebrews chapter 1, the verse 1, he's telling us that God now speaks in these last days through his son. So if God is going to speak to us who are in these last days, God will speak to us through the voice of Jesus Christ. So for us in these last days, the voice that we follow, the words we follow, the one we follow is Jesus Christ. And so 
if we are going to hear any word, that word should come through the eyes of Jesus Christ. So whether it is that you're reading the Old Testament or you're reading the New Testament, your understanding must come through the mindset and the idea and the voice of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And that is why when you read the accounts of, of the apostles, the apostle Matthew, the apostle Mark, the apostle Luke, and the apostle John, who took their time to write about Jesus Christ, you find Jesus as, as somebody who was troublesome. You find Jesus as somebody who was a non-conformist. You find Jesus as somebody who was always who always found himself in trouble because the Pharisees and the Sadducees disagreed vehemently with him. Why? Because they were walking by the voice of the prophets. Sometimes when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we read about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, and things like that, we see them as evil people. No, they were not evil people. They were people who were following a voice. They were following the voice of Moses and the prophets but christ came with a new voice christ came with a new testament christ came with a new way of relating with god and because they were stuck to the voice of moses and the prophets they always had a battle with him they always had a problem with him so in john chapter 8 for example when the woman was caught in the act of adultery they said moses says if we catch somebody like this in this act we should stone the person to death but what do you say? What is your perspective? What is your voice on this matter? And from what Jesus did by writing on the ground, and, and, and the Bible tells us that from the, from the top to the lowest, from the least to the highest, everybody left the scene and it was left with Jesus and the woman alone. And he asked the woman, where are your accusers? Where are those who, who brought you here to accuse you with the voice of Moses? And she said, they are gone. And he said, okay, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. So we see here that Jesus had a different voice. And so the Pharisees will always come and say, why are you healing on the Sabbath day? The Sabbath is a holy day. We must not work. You are working on the Sabbath day. And Jesus will tell them that he is the God of the Sabbath. So at every point in time, you find interactions between Jesus and the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and the Zealots, there was always some kind of a clash. Why? Because they were following the voice of the prophets instead of following the voice of the Son of God. And today in our generation, in these last days, the scripture is clear to us that if God is going to speak to us, he will speak to us through the voice of his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And this is important. It is important because no matter what you think, no matter what you say, the way God judges us is that he judges us through the eyes of Jesus Christ. God does not judge us through the eyes of Moses and the prophets. So one time even the disciples came to him, they said, these people disagree with us. Call down fire from heaven like Elijah did. And he told them, you do not know what spirit you are of. For the son of man did not come to kill and to destroy, but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So in the mind of God today, he's looking for those who are lost. He comes to seek and to save those who are lost. He's not looking to destroy. Amen. Amen. And many Christians today, 
live their lives destroying one another. But God, even in our prayers these days, we pray, fire, thunder, we curse. We curse all kinds of people. And we go, we, our justification can never be through the justification of Jesus Christ. It can only be through the justification of a covenant that God has shifted from. Praise the Lord. So he says, God has spoken to us in these last days through his son. God is not now going to speak. God has already spoken. God is not now going to speak. God has already spoken. The reason this is very important is so that you will not come and tell us that God is telling you something new. You will not tell us that you have entered into a certain realm, a certain dimension, and God wants to do something new, and God is doing it through your voice. No, God has already spoken. Praise the Lord. And he spoke through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the finality of everything that has to do with God. So if, if you claim God is speaking to you, we have a standard to judge you with. That standard is the voice of Jesus Christ. That standard is the standard of Jesus Christ. So Christianity is not a faith that is in vacuum. It's not a faith where you can get up and do anything you want. It's not an any way, anyhow faith. It is a faith that has a standard and the standard is Jesus Christ. And mind you, Hebrews is writing to a very Jewish audience. People who hold on to the laws of Moses, who hold on to the prophets. And he begins by first of all trying to get them to understand that there is a shift trying to get them to understand that Christ is superior to all and if God is going to speak to us he's spoken to us already through Jesus Christ amen the reason we have a lot of problems with Christianity today is because many people come about and they say, I heard. And the Spirit of God has said to me, if the Spirit of God says anything to you, we will have to judge it. We will have to judge it by the voice of Jesus Christ. Even the disciples had to judge everything through the lens of Jesus Christ. And I pray for you today that you will know who Christ is so that whatever life you are living, you live it through the words of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so in this passage, we see seven descriptions of the person of Jesus Christ that makes him superior to all. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at the seven descriptions of the person of Jesus Christ that makes his voice and his words superior to all, that makes him the spokesperson, the superior spokesperson of God. This reminds me of a story of a young man who was looking for a job. And when he got to the entrance of, 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 of the company, the CEO was standing there. The CEO was asking him to pack in a certain place. But the CEO had not dressed up like the way, you know, CEOs usually dress. You know, we like to wear tie suit, then you smell good. The guy was just in some trousers, in some shirt, and he was asking him to pack well. And the guy was like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, when, when you, you look down on people and you don't know who somebody is and the person is trying to direct you and you're making noise. The guy was just making noise. Oh, no, no, no. If he, this is where I want to pack. This is where I'm. So the man said, okay, no problem. He had just sent his security man away to get something for him and he decided to take up the post. So by the time the security man came, the guy had gone to the reception, was waiting for the interview, and then... The time was up for him to be called. He goes to the panel and the person sitting 
in the chair as the chairman of the panel was the guy he had just run down over there outside running down and this is the guy who is to approve your employment guess what happened your guess is as good as mine praise the lord the guy left the panel with nothing with no job why because he did not know who he was dealing with he did not know whose voice was directing him he did not know who was telling him to pack where he was supposed to pack and for many of us we become christians not knowing the person of jesus christ we become christians not knowing who we are dealing with we become Christians not knowing the person of Jesus Christ. But in Hebrews chapter 1 from the verse 2 to the verse 3, he gives us who Jesus is. In the verse 2, the first point which we begin with, he tells us that in the verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. So the first description of the person of Jesus Christ is that Jesus is the heir of all things. Jesus is the heir of all things. The reason why Christ's voice is greater than any other voice is because Jesus has been appointed heir of all things. Now, the word to be appointed or to appoint means to establish, means to fix, means to set in place. So the scripture is telling us that Christ has been set in place. He's been put in a place immovable, unshakable to be the heir of all things. The heir is the one who receives the, the rightful possession of his inheritance. So Christ is the one who possesses all things and he's been set in that place as the one who possesses who has authority who holds all things praise the lord all things means all things so christ is a possessor of all things the reason his voice is greater than all is because he possesses all things all things about creation all things about this life all things about the blessings that will come to you, all things about what you're looking for in this life is possessed by Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us in John chapter 17 verse 2, it says, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Jesus was praying and he was telling the disciples about himself in prayer to God. John chapter 17 is what we call the prayer of Jesus Christ. That's actually the Lord's prayer because that's where Jesus is offering prayer to God. And he says that as you have given him authority, as you have given Christ authority over all flesh. So Christ has authority over all flesh. Why? Because he possesses all things. And he says he should give eternal life. To as many as God has given to him. The word authority there means the power and the liberty of choice. It's the power and liberty of choice. Christ is, is, is the one who has been set in place. Who has the liberty to choose whatever he has to do. Whatever he can do. You cannot say that about any prophet. You cannot say that about any other prophet. What you can say about Jesus is that he has authority and these words also agree with what 
Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 1 from the verse 20, he says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly place, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In the verse 22, he says that he's put, him, he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. So Christ is the head of all things. That is why his voice is superior to all. It's like when you go into an organization, the head of the department, his voice is superior to all. It doesn't matter your educational background. Unless you convince your head, whatever he says is final. If he says today you are working, you have to go to work because his voice is final. Praise the Lord. You disagree with him or you lose your job. You disagree, you go on suspension. You disagree, you have memos flying left, right, center. Why? Because he's the head and his voice is superior to all. And the Bible is telling us that Christ is the head of all things to the church. So as believers, as people who, who subscribe to the faith of Jesus Christ, one of the things we need to understand is that Jesus' voice is superior because he's the head of the church. The pastor is not the head of the church. The prophet is not the head of the church. The bishop is not the head of the church. The archbishop is not the head of the church. The apostle is not the head of the church. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. That is why even when the pastor says something that goes against what Jesus says, you have the authority based on the word of God to obey what Christ says. Can I hear an amen? amen. Today, pastors are putting people under fear. It's like, touch not my anointed. Meanwhile, that's not what that scripture is meant. That's not what he meant. Touch not my anointed. But who are you? Christ is superior to you. Christ is superior to all. And so the words of whom we obey, whom we follow as the head of the church, is Jesus Christ. That's a hymn that says, head of the church triumphant. Praise the Lord. He's the head of the church. It is set. It is cast there. It is sealed. It's established that Christ is the head of the church. The second thing we need to know, the second point about the person of Jesus Christ is that he made the world. He made the world. The scripture tells us in the verse 2 that through whom also he made the world. The word to make, it means to produce, to form, or to construct. It means that without Christ, the world will not have been formed. It was through Jesus that the worlds were made. When in the beginning, the Bible tells us that God made the heavens and the earth. The scripture here is telling us that it was made, it was formed, it was fashioned through Jesus Christ. If it was through Christ that these worlds were made and were formed, then his words certainly will be greater Done all. So in John chapter 1 verse 3, it says all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. The world, all things were made through him, including your life. Your, the very life that you possess were made through Jesus Christ. And without him, nothing was made that was made. How can the creator 
who created the heavens and the earth not be the one whose voice you will listen to. It is like these days when your car gets spoiled and you go to the mechanic. And you know, because our mechanics, they don't have some level of education. They try their best. I, I see Ghanaian mechanics and those who fix our electronic gadgets as some of the most intelligent people. I mean, one of the, one of the interesting places I like to go to is the tiptoe lane. I mean, you see people who have not been, in, been to school. Their the, the highest level of education sometimes is, is, is junior secondary school, sometimes senior secondary school. And you take your phone to them and they are able to diagnose what the problem is and to fix it for you. But there comes a point in time where they try and try and then they hit a block because they don't know how it was formed. They don't know how it was created. They don't know how to go about it. They try their best. They can tell you, go and come, go and come. It is not because they are lazy. No, they are trying their best to find the solution. But because they were not those who created it, they have no knowledge about how it was created and formed, they have their limits. And that's what happens to us. We have our limits. The one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who possesses all things is Jesus Christ. And that is why his voice continues to be superior to any other voice on this earth. Sometimes you have a problem with your gadget and then they try their best and they can't. And then you go online. Then you go and read the manufacturer's manual. By the time you are done reading what the manufacturers say, then you find out that this was just a simple problem. It was just a simple problem. I remember those days when I, when I, when I was working in the office and people would bring their laptops and they would go like, Charlie, I have a problem. And then you look at it and all you have to do is to Google what the problem is and, and the process to resolve it is that sometimes it just tells you to restart the machine. It's just a restart. The, the manufacturer knows how it works. And he says that if you have a problem like this, don't do anything. All you have to do is turn the PC off and turn it on. And then you ask them to go and come. Then you play delay tactics small. Then they will go. They will come. You say, oh, I'm working on it. They will go, come back. I'm working on it. Then after a few minutes, you just restart the PC. And then, hey, Tali, what you do? Tali, you be senior. You be boss. You be this. Is how, how does it happen? You go to the one who manufactured it. He has the solution to everything. And you listen to the voice of the manufacturer and you have your problem resolved. And that is the same thing that this scripture is presenting to us. That Christ, it was through him that the worlds were made. So if Jesus speaks about something, it is superior to any other voice. It doesn't matter what Moses says. It doesn't matter what David says. It doesn't matter what Ezekiel says. What Christ says is what is superior. And these days, Christians want to go back to becoming like Moses, David. We are not Davidians. We are not Elijahs. Neither are we Danielians. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. So his voice remains superior to all. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, 
all things were created through him and for him all things were created through him and for him so you were created for christ and as a believer you need to ask yourself whose voice are you following and who are you following after who are you serving he says we were created for him you were not created for your family you were not created for anybody you were created for christ you were made for jesus praise the lord the third point we see in this verse of scripture is in the verse three he says who being the brightness of his glory so the third person the third thing to know about the person of jesus christ is that he's the brightness of his glory he's the brightness of god's glory being the brightness of god's glory means that he's the manifestation of god's glory he's the full manifestation of the glory of god the glory of god describes the character of god the glory of god describes for us the power of god when the power of god is made available we say that the glory of god is with us and so when he says christ is the brightness of his glory he's telling us that christ is who reveals to us the power of god he's the one who reveals to us who god truly is so for you to know god you need jesus in john chapter 1 verse 14 he says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth he says in christ there is fullness of the grace of god and the truth of god here is the thing in all the times that god spoke to the prophets he was revealing truth to them in bits and in pieces it was not the fullness so if you read he describes the old covenant as the shadow of things to come in galatians that's how he describes it he describes it as the shadow not the full thing it's like as i'm standing here if you follow my shadow you're not following the real me so when you follow the shadow and you get to the real me, you begin to follow me. If you touch my shadow, you've not touched me. Until you find me and you touch me, you've not really touched me. And guess what? In Christ, the fullness of God's glory, the fullness of God's grace, the fullness of God's manifested power, the fullness of what is called truth is revealed. So there's no truth until you find it in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. He was the only person who could boldly proclaim that he is the person of truth. That when you encounter him, what you encounter is truth. And that is why his voice is greater than all. Because in him, we find the fullness of grace and truth. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When we see Jesus, we see the glory of God. When we see Jesus, we see the power of God. So if there's anything you have to do for yourself as a believer, know Jesus and follow his word praise the lord the fourth point on the person of jesus christ is that he is the express image of his person 
It's in the verse 3. He says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The express image of his person. If you want to know who God is, Christ is the express image of his person. Now, the, the expression express image is like when you have a stamp. You have a stamp and you have an ink and you put the stamp on the ink and then you put it on the paper. What you are trying to do is to reveal the image of the stamp. So what you see on the paper is what is on the stamp. So he's telling us that Christ is the express image of his, of, of, of his person. So if you want to see God, if you want to know who God is as a person, who you should look for is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You can't be looking for God in an angel. God is not in an angel. <laughs> God is not in man. God is not in a pastor. Because all of us in Ephesians chapter 4, he tells us that we're giving apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, till we all come to the fullness of the image of the Son of God. So we are all striving to become like God. So you can't follow a pastor. You follow Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? You can't follow an angel because the angel may deceive you. And today we have a lot of people who are living based on somebody says that an angel has revealed to me. How do we know that what you are telling us is true? The express image of God's person is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, that express image also reveals to us the character of God. If you want to know the character of God, if you want to know the nature of God, if you want to know who God truly is, what he thinks, what God will do about a situation, you see Jesus. In Jesus, you see love. In Jesus, you see grace. In Jesus, you see truth. In Jesus, you see humility. In Jesus, you see service to one another. In Jesus, you see justice. Praise the Lord. And so, if you want to follow the character and know who God is, the person God has given to us as a template is Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, he says, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, that were in heaven, that are on the earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominion, principalities, powers, all things are created through him and for him. He's the image of the invisible God. <laughs> if you want to see God, when you see Jesus, you have seen him. You have seen God. He's the image of the invisible God. Today, we can't see God. He says, no one has seen God except his son. When we see God, we'll all die. We'll all melt. <laughs> because the glory, of, the glory alone would destroy you. When Moses tried it, he had to cover his face with a veil. Because the glory alone was too much for the people. Even him did not see God face to face. But you see, if we want to see God, we can still see him. We can still see God. We can still know God. People say no one can know God. The scripture is telling us that Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's, he's the image of what you can see. So what you see in Christ is who God is. What a privilege, what a blessing to know that we are not just walking in an uncertainty of our faith. 
we walk in the certainty of faith, knowing that who God is, is what he has given to us through Jesus Christ. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified, by, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preaching among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. God was manifested. The word manifest means to reveal. God was revealed to us in the flesh. God was seen by us in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles. The man who came to preach, Jesus, was God who became flesh, who was manifested to us in the flesh. And so, if we want to see God, the person we see is Jesus Christ. It's like God decided to disguise himself, you know. Sometimes you, you, you disguise yourself, you know, when, when, when you want to know whether your workers are, are doing the right thing. You ask somebody to disguise himself and go as, as a mystery shopper just to see how they treat customers in disguise. Praise the Lord. It is, it is you manifesting yourself right there to find out what really is going on. Because if you, if you go that I am the boss and we supply products for you to find out how our products are doing well, they'll give you a wrong response because they know that you are the boss. But when you disguise yourself and you go into the shop, and you say, I want to buy my product. You see how the people are going about it. Then you will know who really is doing what is right and who is doing what is wrong. It's the same way. God was revealed to us in the flesh. Praise the Lord. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says, Let this man be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was in the form of God. So, there are scriptures, dozens, many scriptures to prove to us that Jesus is the image of God himself. Praise the Lord. The fifth point we see in this verse of scripture, in the verse 3, about the person of Christ that makes his voice greater than all is that he says, he upholds all things, upholds all things by the word of of his power. He upholds all things. Is that he carries the burden of all things. He is the one who bears all things. He's the one who holds all things. Everything created in this world is carried, is held on by Christ Jesus. That is why his voice is greater than all. That's why his voice is superior than all. That is why in these last days, God speaks to us through Jesus and through Jesus alone. Amen. Amen. The sixth point about the person of Jesus Christ is that he says in the verse 3, when he had by himself purged our sins, what makes Christ's voice superior to all is that he purged our sins. He purged our sins. The word to purge means to purify, to cleanse. It's like when you've been to a place where they mine before. If you've been to a Galamsee site before, they dig the pits. 
and then they bring it's just normal sand then they wash and wash apply chemicals take the sand off they'll keep washing and washing and clear the impurities around the gold it takes a lot of work they wash and wash and wash and wash until the gold is found. Sometimes they think it is gold. They wash and wash and wash only to end up finding sand or a stone. <laughs> but you see, for, for it to come out, it has to be washed and cleansed and taken away. And that is what Christ did to us. Christ washed away our sins. Christ brought us to the place of purification. Praise the Lord. And that is why his voice is greater than all. Because none of the prophets could purify our sins. No prophet could cleanse you from your sins. And Jesus has the authority of his voice being superior to all. Because by himself he needed no man's help. By himself he purged, he purified our sins. In John chapter 1 verse 29, one of the great prophets testifying about Jesus Christ. The Bible says, then the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, when, when John saw him coming, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't say who covers the sin of the world. The, the, this makes sense to the Jewish people because they had a tradition where every year you had to go to the temple to sacrifice for your sin. And your sins are not taken away. Your sins are covered. That's why God will say that I visit the iniquities of your fathers from generation to generation. Because at every year, that sin pops up again and you must go and do the sacrifice. So every year they go to the temple with the bull or whatever it is, white, no spot. And they go and they make the sacrifice year after year. But guess what? When Christ came on the scene, what he did was not to cover our sins to go back to it again. He takes the sin away not to go back to it again again. Not to go back to it again. When God takes away your sin, it is once for all and forever. Praise the Lord. And that's why Christ's voice is superior to all. That's why, that's why what he says to you is more valuable than what anybody else can say to you because he's the one who takes away the sin of the world. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 7 verse 27, it says, Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Listen, child of God, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is the most greatest, perfect sacrifice. And that is why we must, we must love God. That's why we must serve God. Because he's telling us that, you know, in the old covenant, the priest will go and first of all sacrifice for himself because he himself is a sinner. He's, he has to cleanse himself first of all before he can take care of your sacrifice. The people could not go to God on their own. They are the outer court, they are the inner court, they are the holies of holies. So they remain in the outer court. Then the priest will come for it and take it to the 
inner court. Then the high priest will now come for the sacrifice and take it to the holies of holies. Now the high priest who has to make the sacrifice, he goes there once a year. If he's a sinner, he can't go. So first of all, he must deal with his sins. So whilst he's dealing with his sins, your sins are waiting. Until his sins are dealt with, yours cannot be dealt with. Because God will only accept a sacrifice from a holy person. And so when your high priest or your priest is unholy, your sin is hanging. The punishment remains. Your suffering continues until he cleanses himself. But guess what we have in Christ Jesus? He himself, without sin, the Bible tells us that he was tempted many times, yet without sin. Perfect blood, pure blood, offered up himself. He didn't use the blood of a goat or a bull. He himself, his blood was the perfect sacrifice that purges, that cleanses our souls from sins. Praise the Lord. And he says that this sacrifice is so perfect that you, he didn't have to do it again and again and again and again. Today when you sin, Christ doesn't have to die again. Because the blood of Jesus speaks even forevermore. That sacrifice speaks forevermore. And he says that he did it once for all. He offered himself. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine if today we were to go and buy goats, bulls, to sacrifice for our sins and look for white, white goats and white whatever it is without spot, without wrinkle to make the sacrifice unto God in this current inflation you will go and ask for the pr price of the goods. They'll tell you it is 400 CDs. By the time you say, let me go and come back, they say 700 CDs. You know the kind of suffering that will go on. Imagine the queue that will line up every year, going to look for a goat without spot, without wrinkle. It's a tough job, right? People will just do... <laughs> All kinds of things will come in just to get one goat for a sacrifice. What a perfect way Jesus has come through for us. That once for all, he went on the cross with his perfect blood for a perfect sacrifice to purge our sins. Hallelujah. And that is why when he speaks, his voice is superior to all. The final point is that he's seated at the right hand of God. You see, the reason Christ's voice is superior is because he's in the place of authority. And all things are under him. He's seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of God and everything is under him. In Romans chapter 8 verse 34, he says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also reason. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. The reason Christ is at the right hand of God. Is so that he will make intercession for us. So that he will make intercession for us. Praise the Lord. So the one who is interceding for you. At the right hand of God. If he speaks. Who are you to set his word aside. And to follow the words of men. And to follow the words of other people. That is why he says. God in these last days. Has spoken to us. Through his son Jesus Christ. Because he is at the right hand of God. He is making intercession. For you and I. 
In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, he says, which he wept in Christ when he had raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand of God in the heavenly places. Look at what he says in the verse 21. He seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. Paul is telling the church in Ephesus that Christ is above all principality and power and might and dominion. Everything is under his feet. Sometimes Christians get scared about demons. We get scared about principalities. You know, we, we, we harbor so much fear because we don't know the person of Jesus Christ. You know, something can happen and you'll be afraid because you don't know who you're dealing with. So you're afraid. Let's say something happens and we are home and I don't know who you are. Maybe the, the guys are coming. There's, there's butu butu in the place and they say they are coming to burn down the house. And I don't know who you are. I don't know that you have access to the national security. I don't know that you have access to the police. I don't know that when your call goes through within five minutes, people will appear. I'll be afraid. But when I know who you are, I'll be at peace. Because I know you place a call. And when you place that call, something will happen. You know why Christians walk in fear? It's because we don't know Jesus. We know demons more than we know Jesus. We know the enemy more than we know Jesus. You, you can walk into the, 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 the bookshelf of a Christian. Demonology 101. <laughs> Witches and wizards 102. They are reading. They are going into the covens, into the background, into this. You will never find one that talks about the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. So many Christians walk around in fear because they don't know that Christ is superior to all. His voice is superior to all. He's greater than all. And everything is under his authority. Yeah. When you know who you are dealing with, you are at peace. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22, he says, Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels, and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. So if somebody comes to you today and says that an angel has spoken to me, these days we hear a lot of those things. Angels in town. <laughs> somebody goes to sleep and wakes up and he says he has an angel here. He has a guardian angel following him. And so the angel has said ABCD. Who is that angel when Jesus is there? And Christians are afraid and we revere these people because we don't know who Jesus is and what he has done for us and his position concerning our lives. Praise the Lord. There is no angel, there's no authority, there's no power greater than Jesus Christ. And so when God says that in these last days he has spoken to us through his son, this is what he means. He means that he's spoken to us through Jesus who is the heir of all things. Who possesses all things. Who made the world by the word of his power. Who is the brightness of his glory. Who is the express image of his person. Who upholds all things by the word of his power. Who has purged our sins. And who is seated at the right hand of God. This is the person through whom God says listen. And if you are anybody who wants to follow Jesus Christ. You listen to him 
and not the voice of anybody. May the Lord help us that we'll be Christians who follow the words of Jesus Christ. May the Lord help us that we'll set the voice of Jesus above all. That we'll not allow the voice of our circumstances, of our challenges, of our situations to speak to us, but we'll allow the voice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to proclaim what he has done and what he wants to do for us in our lives. And may we see the manifestation of God's voice in our lives. Every day of our lives, may we proclaim the voice of Jesus and Jesus alone. Thank you for listening to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week with Pastor Mauli Chikata. For more information, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244 to get in touch with our ministry. 